Well, whatever happened to the meek and gentle Jesus? This is not the image we get today. No, I've come not to establish peace, but division. This sounds very strange to our ears. Wasn't he born the Prince of Peace? Is this not the one that wants to unite all peoples together into one? One shepherd, one flock, one faith, one baptism. Unity, not division. How sad. He uses family life to illustrate the divisions. Father against son. Son against father. Mother and daughter against each other. But after 30 years of priesthood and some 800 weddings and marriage preparation, I can tell you the last admonition has some common popularity to it. A mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and a daughter-in-law against her mother. Now that one I get. Yeah. What's he saying? You and I were made to know to love and to serve the Lord above all other persons, all other places, all other things. So we cannot be at peace within ourselves if you want peace. We cannot be at peace within ourselves if we are divided in our loves between God, on the one hand, and the stuff of the world. So our Lord has been telling the disciples all these Sundays, be on guard against the stuff of the world. As wonderful as these things are, as beautiful as your family is, your wife, your husband, your children, your grandchildren, nephews and nieces and cousins and your neighborhood and your job and your money and your home and your house and the opportunities and experiences, nature itself. Pets. Persons, places and things, when they become more important, when I'm spending my time talent and treasure on all of that, as wonderful as it all is, my friends. Not disparaging it, but keep it in perspective. That's what he's saying. Otherwise, you will be divided. Take a family. A family that doesn't pray together cannot what? Stay together. Right. If there isn't that sense of priority that we're here on earth, fundamentally, says our catechism, says the Catholic Church now for 2019 years, to know, to love, and to serve the Lord first. I alone am the Lord your God and not to have other strange gods before you. It's so easy to make other persons, places, and things our gods, right? 
if we're not careful about our language, it's very common for us to say, oh, she's so awesome. Friends, she is never awesome. She's a woman. God alone is awesome. Remember? Oh, this is absolutely the best place I've ever been. Now, St. Anne's is, we know that. But no, it's not. It's never absolutely perfect in this life. It's always relatively perfect. Only he alone is perfect absolutely. Watch your language. It's not absolute in this world. Nothing is absolute in this world. But there's a tendency always to think that if we can simply muster enough of our strength together as a people, we can bring peace to every part of the world. If we pull together all the science and all the medicine, we can do away with every disease, every famine, every plague. If we can master all the energy of the universe, we can solve global climate problems. Really? Think about that. If you and I are here to simply work hard enough at it to make this heaven on earth, then where is room for the necessity of a redeemer? to save us from all of that. See, that's a joke then. Christianity becomes a complete joke if we're here to make heaven on earth. A place where there's no more disease or, or suffering or pain or even death. We can overcome death. So where's the need for a savior? then his mission is a joke and his crucifixion is ridiculous and the resurrection is myth and what we're doing right now is cookie worship. That's what the culture will say. Now, no, Christianity is not a humanitarian project. It's not a self-improvement program. It's not just a feel-good psychology game. Now, one alone is the Lord your God. You shall not have strange gods before you. Don't think you can be your own God and make peace on earth. Do what you can. Oh, we do what we can. Most of it is just to survive in this crazy world against war against disease, sure. But to think that my final resting point is Washington, D.C.? How many think this could ever be heaven on earth? I think that even 20, 50 years from now, we'll wake up and read the Washington Post headlines, President sends Secretary of State to Israel for peace talks. Nothing has changed, essentially. Human nature hasn't changed from caveman to the present, universally. It's the same story over 
and over and over again. We get better sometimes, we get worse in the ebb and flow of civilizations. But to think that we're getting better all the time, really? You gotta wonder. But what doesn't change, what is absolute, what is eternal, what is truth, is what has been revealed in the fullness of time through this Jesus of Nazareth. Because what he does is to perfect in himself Judaism and all religions through a perfect act of sacrifice to atone for all of our sins and to tell us, my kingdom is not of this world. Sorry. See, that's hard for us because we love the world. And some of us love the world way too much. We love all these things. And this is what Satan was always saying to Adam and Eve and to us. Look, you don't need a God. You can be your own God. You can do it all and have it all and be it all. This is what you want, right? Welcome to Washington. How insane. But you see, if you drink enough of that Kool-Aid, over time, you will get sick. When you buy into the culture that says, no, we can do it. Well, we can do a lot, but this is not heaven. Sorry, my kingdom is not of this world. And when you think my kingdom is in this world, you will be divided. You will not find peace. See, this is what he's getting at. Oh, he's very smart. Our Lord is very intelligent. He knows our psyche. He knows human nature. He created it for himself. And he knows the effects of sin. He knows what original sin did. It messed the whole equation up radically. That we could not save ourselves. And so he sent his only son. God so loved the world, he sent his only son to redeem us. This is why we have faith. Not in a guru. Not in a Pied Piper, a philosopher, a poet, a nice guy, a moralist, a miracle worker. Oh, all that, certainly, but no, far more substantially, he's a redeemer, a savior. It's really good to just remind ourselves of that from time to time, why we're here, what the Mass is really all about, the sacrifice of the God-man. It's really about him, as we've said so many times from this pulpit. It's really not about us. I know that sounds so mean, but so true. It's about him. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The greatest joy of our life is right here on this altar sacrifice. Body and blood. This is the priority. This is the person. This is the place. And this is the right stuff. <laughs>